Hey, and welcome back to Aquarian Times. This is Julia, and today is um, the 25th of January, 2022, and this is episode 127. So my topic today is, how are you blocking your success? And uh, this is a good one to look at as the last episode of January. Um, We're, you know, officially out of the gate, as I talked about last week, into the new year. Um, And no doubt, uh, you know, there's some, possibly at this point, some assessing going on uh, where you are at with your trajectory for the year. Um, whether your goals were realistic, whether you feel as inspired or enthusiastic um, about the year ahead, um, if you did it all, <laughs> hopefully. Um, <clears throat> and, um, you know, it can be so mysterious when we aren't succeeding for um various reasons because you know a, a a part of all of us does want to succeed i do believe that um or else we wouldn't get up every day and brush our teeth and you know keep going so there's that um part of us that that has that drive to move forward that has that hope that has that um you know energy of enthusiasm for life Uh, but as we know, things can get in the way of that pure enthusiasm for life. And, um, you know, it can start, it can start us on a path of hesitation, self-doubt, procrastination, um, and just, you know, not really barreling straight towards that success. And, um, again, this is, this is normal. This is common. Uh, in fact, this does happen to everyone, even the most successful or, and well-known people, um, out there. So we have to look individually at what we're doing to, to block our success. And again, um, some of this is conscious and some of it is not. Um, so, you know, I'm just going to list a few things so we can take some stock uh, and see where where we're at. You know, just be take some honest inventory of our mental processes. Uh, so this is a time, you know, for you to set aside, for you to do some self-examination, to get honest with yourself, and in a space of, again, love and acceptance of yourself because... You're not alone in having these blocks. Um, I'm sure you've heard the saying, what you resist persists. So the the more resistance we have around our blocks, um, you know, the larger they can grow. Uh, the more fear we have of being blocked, the larger that can grow. And if we can at least accept that it's normal to be blocked, um, to procrastinate, to, you know, have one foot on the brake and one foot on the gas, 
that's normal. <laughs> it's actually quite normal. It's just what we what we decide to do about it. And it can really, really help when we know what that foot on the brake, why that foot is on the brake. Because there's very good reasons for one foot to be on the brake. Um, and this has to do with, you know, our past traumas and failures, or even, um, again, our fear of success, which, um, you know, could have nothing to do with failing. It could have to do with not being ready to expand, not being ready to work harder, um, to get what we want, um, not wanting to be seen. Um, and, uh, and, you know, not wanting to rock our boat, right? We have maybe a status quo. I don't know if you've heard of the, um, (laughs) I don't know where I heard this. It was a long time ago, but it was the idea of, um, the phrase was don't upholster your rut. (laughs) So I've used this often, this, this thought of upholstering your rut, right? So this is another common thing is we've, we've built this little rut for ourselves, and we decide instead of, um, you know, getting out of the rut, we're just going to get more comfortable in it. We're going to upholster it and we're going to, um, you know, make it even cozier. (laughs) And, um, that's, again, it's only going to keep you from the expansion that a part of you really wants and a part of you really needs. Um, I'm a huge fan of comfort. I'm a huge supporter of having comfort. Um, you know, when I talk about doshas in the Ayurvedic tradition, um, you know, we haven't spoken about this in, in quite a while actually, but you know, we have, um, in the Ayurvedic system, there's the three doshas. Vata, um, is known as the air and ether. Uh, Pitta is the fire and water and Kapha is, uh, earth and water. So we're all, um, made up of these five elements and, um, you know, we will have an imbalance of an excess of one of those types of elements, those vata, pitta, or kapha, or actually usually two, an imbalance in two of these areas, which is weighing us down and creating the conditions that those elements create. Say fire creates heat, right? Uh, Earth creates heaviness and stuckness, right? So, you know, one um, ill is not better than the other like to be to have too much pitta and too much fire and too much go 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 and too much you know running yourself into the ground is not better than having too much kapha which is too much stagnancy or too much you know um stuckness too much uh you know um inertness so all words for the same thing but we you know in our in this in the western culture we most people would um you know prize a pitta imbalance over having a kapha imbalance they would you know prefer or would think it was better to work you know yourself into the ground than to be so lazy you don't get off the couch right so that's a value judgment. It's not a true 
um, assessment, really, um, you know, someone who is quote unquote lazy or has a cough imbalance and, you know, is more inert and, you know, it's harder to get motivated and quote unquote get off the couch. Um, you know, they're, they're saving themselves, you know, from some of the stuff that the Pitta people will do, which is to, again, surpass their limits and run themselves into the ground and have, you know, chronic injuries because they can't stop and stuff like that. So it's sort of like, we have to understand that, um, we're searching for balance, right? We're searching for peace a lot of people aren't searching for peace, um, especially if they have a pitta imbalance, right? They're rushing right past the peace <laughs> to get to the whatever this great thing is that they're after, um, which is an illusion, you know, usually. It's like um, chasing sensationalism or ecstatic experiences or whatever, um, which are not necessarily bad in themselves. But the truth is, is again using the uh, Sanskrit terminology, um, we have these three states. They're called the gunas, um, or three um, qualities, and they're known as uh, rajas, tamas, and sattva. So, and I've talked about this before, but again, I just explained them through talking about a pitta or fire imbalanced person would have too much rajas, too much movement, too much drive, too much chaos. And the pitta or the kapha person would have tamas, which is inertness. And um, in the middle there, what we're actually wanting, um, which would give us a state of health, it's called sattva, uh, S-A-T-T-V-A. So um, it is neither pitta nor kapha and you can throw vata into the rajas mix um when we have too much vata energy it's um sort of pinging off the walls uh you know indecision um thinking you know overthinking um you know that kind of energy and not being able to concentrate um that's more vata energy pitta has the fire energy has good concentration, right? Can bore into things, can concentrate, um, but it it will go too long, right? It will just it will bore a hole into things without even noticing. Whereas vata will have sort of a chaotic energy that can't even focus. So, again, none of that is preferable when we're dealing with our health, and so. We actually, what we want to find is a state called sattva, as I mentioned. And, you know, this is, (laughs) sattva is found by reducing the um, symptom, symptomology of the other three, um, you know, of the three doshas. And so, you know, when we can reduce the chaos, when we can reduce the excess heat, when we can reduce the excess um, staticness or frozenness, right? We, when we reduce those things, we start to find a a state of balance, which is underneath. It's underneath all those things in all of us. And they've just been covered over by this, these excesses, this excess energy. 
So, um, you know, so that's one way of looking at how you're blocking your success really is to understand your dosha. Um, and you can see what your tendencies would be. Um, you know, are you, are you too ambitious, too fiery, and then you burn yourself out? Are you too vata, too indecisive, sort of chaotic, um, you know, hard to commit, um, and, or, you know, hard to even get anything started? Or are you too earthy and kapha where you, you know, um, yeah, you can't even, it's hard to get motivated. It's like, um, you know, it's hard to get off the ground, really. So I just, I also want to just run through um, just sort of a, a list of various ways that uh, you could be showing up um, to block your success. So sort of separate from the doshas. And these, these could also fit into the categories of the doshas, but it's, um, uh, I, I didn't necessarily um, design it that way when I, when I was writing these down. So <clears throat> what are ways we can block our success? All right. So we can not believe in ourselves. Okay. So we can, maybe we can have a dream, um, whether, you know, it could be anything in any corner of your life, whether it be around your health, uh, or a goal, whether it be around your health, around, um, you know, a relationship or starting a family. Um, it could be about your career, um, about money, um, about having a home, right? So we could block ourselves by just not even truly believing that it's possible for us, right? Um, say we want the relationship, but we, like, we actually don't really believe that we can have one. Um, and that belief is going to block that opportunity, you know? On some level, it's fundamentally going to block us from maybe trying, but if we do try, it will block us from going the distance, right? Because there's this thing holding us back that says, this isn't going to work out. Like, I can't do this. And, you know, um, I don't believe in myself. So there is one way we can block our success. Um, we can block our success by deciding to be abstinent. So this is an interesting idea. Um, the idea of abstinence. So the idea of abstinence is basically going without in life, right? So we decide that, um, again, you know, like I might want all these shiny things, but um, I'm just going to take a path of austerity. You know, this is, this is done in the name of, you know, this is done in the name of, I don't know, even spirituality, which can be a bypass, right? We're going to take this path of austerity. I'm going to go sit on a mountaintop and meditate. And I don't actually need all these worldly things. I don't want them actually. They're too much trouble. Um, you know, to love is to lose. To gain is to lose. <laughs> we can just start to decide that 
life is, you know, um, that all the highs, we would trade all the highs in with the lows because we don't want to go through all that, right? So we choose a path of abstinence. And again, this is not necessarily a terrible, terrible choice, except if there is a very deep longing in you or a seed planted in you or some kind of destiny path that you really actually can't be happy. (laughs) You can't truly be happy without having these experiences. And you may actually be lying to yourself that you're okay with the abstinence. And if that is true, then you you just never will be truly happy. Again, um, we can all kind of relate to how, you know, it seems like a good solution. <laughs> you know, meditate it away or, you know, do the bypass, the spiritual bypass thing and decide we, you know, it's just not worth it. And again, a degree of that, it's called detachment, is important, right, for us not to get too you know, burned basically by life, right? By, you know, by the relationships, by the failures, by the ups and downs, right? But, you know, and on one level, that is a way that we would be blocking our success by choosing to be abstinent in life. Okay. Uh, We can block our success by overthinking, over planning, and complicating things. So, um, you know, again, we, it all comes back to our goals and our desires. Uh, we may have, you know, some kind of goal, start a business or whatever. And then we just hammer it to death basically with our thought process of, you know, needing to plan the whole thing from start to finish, needing to sometimes perfectionism gets in there, right, as part of uh, the overthinking process. And basically, you know, we can overthink, we can overplan, and we can just start overcomplicating the whole thing. And it blocks our success because, one, it's a big energy drain. So you, you literally won't have energy to put into the actual manifestation, process. Um, And it can also kick up, you know, all these other fears that, um, again, may have a steering towards the abstinence plan of, you know, it's not worth it because, you know, this might happen and that might happen. So, you know, again, this is, as I mentioned, this, that would be like a vata problem, you know, to overthink things. And the truth is, is, you know, um, when we have tendencies, when we ha- when our, when we are wired, you know, to have these um, tendencies, right? Um, it's it's not necessarily our fault. It's not even necessarily something we can always solve. Um, it may be something we have to live with. Um, you know, in our for our lives, there's things that can certainly help. Um, whether it be from diet or doing, you know, processes or trauma work or, you know, making sure you have enough rest or whatever it is. But, you know, you may just know this about yourself and and still, you know, the the um 
search for, um, or the the determination (laughs) that one could have for, um, you know, again, getting through that, those, that block, um, is what it takes to overcome that kind of block. So, um, you know, again, it could show up to block your success. It could be extremely challenging and still, you know, we have to get in touch with something greater, something beneath that, you know, and just have some forgiveness for ourselves if that's the way that we operate, you know. Um, it's just, number one is, you know, again, just being able to have some forgiveness. And, you know, when that starts to happen for us, my best uh, suggestion is, you know, if you get to a certain point, just do a state change, like, go do something else, you know, go take a walk, or maybe you need to eat something, maybe you should just cook something, like some cookies, (laughs) or something different, you know, with your energy, because that, the indicator is that there's too much, um, there's like a mental exacerbation happening and if we notice we're going into dysregulation and again in an overthinking pattern the best thing to do is to get out of the the process of trying to think oftentimes and not um you know and then sort of titrate yourself you know think in small doses (laughs) if possible so there's just ways to work with this but all right The next one uh, was kind of a blanket statement here, but we can block our success by going into fear. So fear, you know, is a very large blanket. Um, You know, fear can show up in so many different ways. Um, So it's not like a static thing, but... uh... Oh, there's a little sound outside. (laughs) All right. Um, it's trash night. People are dragging their trash cans down the street. I can hear it. Okay. (laughs) Sorry about that. Um, all right. So, um, yeah, going into fear. So again, fear can just, just really, um, deflate us. Right. Um, and it can, again, show up as in the abstinence pattern or the overthinking or the not believing in oneself. So it can manifest in all these different ways, but, you know, just so we can name it. It's all um, a manifestation of fear. So when you notice that fear is showing up, and again, I'm sure you've heard this, but fear stands for false evidence appearing real. So we we always have to question the fear, Um, you know, and sometimes there's some truth behind the fear, and sometimes there's a boogeyman behind the fear, and it's, you know, you can take off the the sheet and there's nothing under it you know there's just it's like a ghost right it's a it's just a ghost in our mind and um well we never know unless we actually pursue it and question it and if the fear is legitimate um again then it's a warning sign you know um so we always have to question our fear because sometimes it is legitimate and again it's a warning sign to not go in a direction, and sometimes it is actually just a boogeyman, um, a non-existent um, phantom, right, from the past. 
Um, Okay, we can block our success by going into chaos. Similar to overthinking, but um, going into chaos. So chaos is really, chaos is hard, but the way we can, the best, again, the best way to deal with chaos is to name it. Because when we go into chaos, oftentimes we don't know we're in it. We don't know that we're in chaos. Uh, we can feel it. Um, we can certainly feel the chaos. But it may be so familiar, that state of chaos, that, again, it's, it's, it's our, it could be our normal, or it could be our default, or it could be, again, a family pattern, or it could be a coping mechanism. So that chaos is extreme. What it is, is it's a dysregulated state right? So we have to be super aware when we start to go into this chaos. And again, how can this show up? It can show up in, um, again, suddenly just making um, dis, you know, dis, uh, creating chaos in your house, like even uh, disorganization, right? So we can get extremely just disorganized, um, our belongings, you know, kind of strewn about and such. Um, Our, you know, kind of organization systems, totally out of whack. We don't know where we put the keys, the mail, the milk, right? (laughs) We don't know where anything is. Um, And it can also be in, um, you know, just, just in the way that, you know, it's just our mental patterns or, um, you know, and more specifically, I'm going to into the next one, I'll, I'll give some examples. But um, so I'll move on to the next thing, but I'm going to talk about chaos here too, which is um, we can block our success by going into coping behaviors. And um, i.e., um, or in other, in other words, self-sabotage. So again, chaos can show up as um, any kind of addiction, right? going to drinking or eating or whatever you your go-to thing is shopping etc um that is if that is a way of creating chaos or creating a massive distraction um right in your path like between you and the thing that you want you create this repetition compulsion experience of you know you know just like going hard on this thing, which is either to drink or to, again, shop or to um, eat or whatever it is. And it's like this major roadblock, like in your way, and it it will spin you right off course. And it it can take, you know, there's a recovery period from those uh, behaviors, right? So this is called chaos, right? This is like, whoa, this is not at all, like, what you wanted was right beyond the thing that you went to to avoid the thing. Like, say you wanted to do your taxes. Well, just, I mean, who wants to do their taxes? But we all have to do them. It's getting to be that time. So say we need to do our taxes, right? But we, you know, end up playing video games. (laughs) Um, Whatever your addiction is, um... And it's just, 
or scrolling, right? There's so many forms of this. And it's like this, you can waste hours, literally hours, um, even days, sometimes weeks, and sometimes even lifetimes um, in these chaotic distractions. And all it is, is that there's still this thing on the other side, which is, you know, this example of taxes is not like, you know, it could, it could be some kind of other goal, like having, you know, having a relationship or something that's sort of more, um, enticing, but you know, either one works. It's just something that we know we need to do, um, for our own good. And we have fears coming up or, um, about it, or we, and you know, we, we want to procrastinate and this is how we do it. So this is how we block our success is by letting ourselves go down into these rabbit holes and um, into this, you know, distraction and chaotic behaviors. Okay. All right. Um, <clears throat> how else can we block our success by disappearing? <laughs> so this is kind of this is different than abstinence because abstinence is is sort of like like this heroic you know, austeric choice, right? Like I'm telling everyone that I'm fine the way that I am. I don't need anything more. I don't want anything more. Everybody, you know, I'm declaring it. And meanwhile, you're lying to yourself, right? But disappearing is really even disappearing on yourself, right? By just deciding that, um, you know, it just, it's like this lack of self experience where you, you know, it's like you never even felt like a solid self to begin with and you have nothing. It's like, you don't know how to, um, add anything to that experience. So it's like, you just kind of go into the void and, um, and you, you disappear yourself, right? Um, so if this is a pattern that you're familiar with, you would, you would know uh, what that's like. And it's kind of just, it's, it's dissociation is what it is, <clears throat> which is a term, you know, I've talked about, I think plenty, but it's when we really, when we leave our bodies and we go, you know, we kind of go into a parallel place. You know, again, this could be through addictions or it could just be by, you know, um, wandering into our mind and, and sort of camping out there and forgetting that, you know, the body and, and our life um, is not being tended to. Um, and the final way, and it's not the final way, but that I'll talk about that we can block our success is through being um, avoidant, um, getting depressed, or being anxious. And um, again, these are not willful necessarily experiences, right? But they can be, again, if they're, if there's something that we do experience, say we do experience depression, which again, you know, it is, it is depressing, you know, when we feel like we don't, you know, have, when we feel like our goals are so big that, you know, they, 
they can feel, um, you know, uh, they can feel maybe unattainable. So that thought, right, in and of itself, um, or just the idea of being a small, you know, human as we are and creating this massive mark in the world or company or, you know, it can, it can feel daunting and we can feel unworthy or we can feel, you know, very overwhelmed by the idea of having to, again, animate something much larger than us that's, that's, you know, coming from us when we, we can start to feel small and it can make us feel depressed. Like, oh my God, how could I ever, you know, keep this up or how, you know, like I'm just, you know, it's just small me. Like what if I can't handle it? I mean, we can start to go into self-doubt and depression. And, um, again, I, I think, (laughs) I think it's, I think it's realistic to, um, go into those mental states sometimes. Um, because the truth is, is (laughs) unfortunately, you know, if we are really thinking about it, it can be an overwhelming prospect. Um, but it's a place that we can get stuck um, and we can easily make the excuse that, well, I'm too depressed to do this. And so therefore, um, I can't do it, you know. Um, and again, it really depends on your experience of depression, what to what um, degree um, I would look at your family history. I would look at your own history. There are definitely different degrees of depression. So they are not all like some people have never, ex- would say they've never experienced depression or would say, oh, I've been depressed once <laughs> or, you know, that one time for a month or something like that. But, you know, so you have to really be case by case and be kind with yourself if there are avoidant and depressive um, patterns. And, you know, I just think it takes a lot of, um, you know, uh, self-compassion because that part of you that may be going into that state of overwhelm and and depression and, and kind of wanting to drown out your sorrows or, you know, and avoid life, avoid things, you know, that part of you needs care. Um, that's the way I see it. And, um, you know, it's, it's reverting into those patterns, you know, it's a, it's a pattern from your childhood or from your ancestry, you know, from your lineage. It's a learned behavior that, you know, to get depressed because, you know, somewhere in your family line, things really didn't work out for somebody, you know, and it was quite depressing. And maybe there were um, suicides. Maybe there were uh, other really hard and negative, sad things that happened um, and that would cause one to feel depressed and, uh, you know, overwhelmed by the, you know, the failures that have come before. <laughs> so, again, I, you know, let's take this case by case, but... The point is, is, um, it's easy to, it's easy to stop there and say, well, I have depression, so I can't succeed. And that's actually not true. 
right? It may take you longer. It may take you, you may need more support. It may take you a totally different route than you thought to get to the thing that you want. It may be a different path for you, you know, than another person. And you may be on some, you know, experiencing some detours, but it does not mean that success isn't possible in some form for you. And when we don't believe that, when we block that by using depression or, again, anxiety is totally different. Um, and if you've experienced anxiety, I'm sure you, you understand. Um, anxiety is, you know, um, it's a very, very challenging thing to be dealing with. And because um, it can paralyze us as well. And, um, you know, panic attacks and such. So, you know, it is actually a physiological state. It's not a mental state. <laughs> you know, the body is, is like on high, it's like hypervigilance and high alert and high, you know, when, when one is going through anxiety, they really do need something to help them calm down, whether that be a nap or some food or like a bath or like just some way to regulate themselves because it's a very heightened state. It's a heightened physiological state. And um, we need to come down from it. And if that's a common experience, um, again, your your path to success is going to be different. But it does not mean that you cannot have success. So, the thing that I would recommend for anybody who is, again, pursuing some form of success, which means that they want to have good experiences, good experiences in life. They want to, you know, they have ideas and goals and things they want to experience and they want to enjoy them. That's what success is, right? Is to enjoy your life. Um, so if you are someone who has plans and goals for yourself that you're trying to accomplish and you feel blocked if any of these things have applied to you, my recommendation is to listen or read the stories of people that you know have succeeded. So if it's like, you know, a CEO, founder of a company that you really love, like say Patagonia or I don't know, um, think of someone Again, a role model, someone who has something that you want. And I want you to either find them speaking on YouTube um, or read their, if they have a biography, autobiography. I want you to read their story or hear their testimony of their experience because what the basis of a lot of our blocking is is that we think it should look a certain way. So when it doesn't show up that way for us, we let ourselves get blocked. But the truth is, is life is not linear for any of our heroes. And if we really knew what these people went through, who we admire, who it looks so easy for, if we really knew the trials and tribulations that they face and they are facing and they have faced, we would have a different idea of what it means to walk such a path. And we wouldn't hold it on such a pedestal. 
so like have it be so unattainable or such a high fall from this thing that we want right because oftentimes you know our ego is getting in the way and we're blowing things out of proportion we you know we think these heroes are infallible that we think they must have had a trust fund we think that they never failed and you know but if we really hear these stories we go oh all of my insecurities all of my failures are normal then we are more willing to have failures and be normal which means to have insecurities and to have doubts and to wake up every morning with anxiety so a couple people i i listen to quite a few podcasts that come to mind um who are really who that come directly to mind for me here's a little homework if you have the time um, people that have really helped me, um, the, the transparency level has helped me a lot in understanding that success is not, you know, a, a direct line straight up. It's, it's a zigzag. It's full of failures. It's full of sabotage. It's full of just, in, you know, intense intensity. So three people that come to mind that I would suggest you checking out, okay? One is a podcast by a man named Light Watkins, and his whole, it's it's called The Light Watkins Show, I believe, but you could look it up. It used to be called At the End of the Tunnel, and he has people on his show, and the whole interview is all about how they built their movement or their company or whatever, and it's always about this incredible journey that they've been through. So it's, it's aimed to inspire what he calls, you know, the normal people or the average people, you know, to keep going after their dreams because it can be messy and we need to know that, right? So that's one. And the other one, uh, another one is Mel Robbins, which you may or may not have heard of her. She's, um, I don't know if she's officially a life coach, I think, I'm not sure what her title is, but she's very, very, she has like the number one podcast now. She just started it. She's so open and honest. She's so frank. And um, I highly recommend listening to her because she debunks all of, all of our, you know, veneer bullshit that we live with in this culture where we all act like we're perfect and we don't have problems. So listen to Mel Robbins. And the final one is Rick Roll who is also an OG podcaster, has a very incredible story of um, his own journey with alcoholism. And I mean, it's just rehab and financial ruin. And I mean, he, the, the man was so determined. And then he, uh, you know, was a tri, like a triathlon runner. I don't, you know, if you if you listen to some of his episodes, especially in the, I'm not sure where exactly he would tell his whole story, but he he definitely has. Check check him out too. So those are my suggestions of places to hear some of people's stories, because we all need to know that um, we're all just humans here. You know, uh, we need to really get over the fact that um, anybody is better than anybody else, or that. Um, people don't make mistakes or that our heroes are not in human flesh and um you know 
again, are, they're just hardworking people too. All right. So that's my, <clears throat> that's my podcast for today. I hope you could, you hung in there through the whole thing. I, I haven't had a, uh, my podcast have been a little shorter lately, I think, but I had a lot to say on that one. So, <laughs> um, I really hope this is helpful. Uh, please reach out and let me know. Um, again, part of what I do is helping people reach their potential, um, working through their own blocks, trying to get to know themselves so that they can, you know, get on with the program. And, um, you can find me at juliaburnbaum.com. Uh, yeah, please feel free to get in touch. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. I certainly hope it was useful and, um, yeah, um, I look forward to, Uh, being back with you next week. All right. Have a wonderful week ahead. Thanks again for listening. Bye-bye.